what gift of love could I offer to a king? What weight or worth could be held within my offering? When he alone is worthy, a glory song. Inscribed upon my heart, this treasure held in an alabaster jar. I break to bring him all the glory. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Sacrifice could be equal to his own. The cross of Christ has declared that there is not I owe. Yet I know I owe him more. Oh,
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Genesis Gathering. Genesis Gathering. I need to complete my words. It's great to have you with us. I'm excited about today. I'm excited about Jesus. And I'm excited about what Jesus wants to do in talking to us today and sharing his love with us, sharing his nature with us, all of those kind of things. Um, real quick. You're seeing this either because you're online at our website or you're watching us on Facebook. Copy that link and fire that off to a friend, won't you? Okay, invite them along. Matt and Lisa are with us this morning. They're going to come and lead our time of uh, worship and song singing. So it's good to have them with us and take it, take it guys. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I think my microphone is sinking. Give me one second. Okay. Well, we're glad to see you. Uh, hopefully, uh, you're having a good morning, and uh, I pray that things are going well in your life. We're going to sing some worship songs, and um, just join along with us. Get yourself in a place of worship with us. Take this fainted heart, take these tainted hands, wash me in your You are all, you are all. 
Thank you for blessing us richly. Thank you for knowing us, for walking with us, for giving us all that we need, Father. You know, one thing that um, I was kind of thinking about, we've been doing a, a study with our, um, it's a book study on Love Wins by Rob Bell, and we do that every other Thursday night, so I think not this Thursday, but the one after that. Um, and it, it really is just kind of like, caused me to get to a place of, of deeper searching and thinking. Um, and one of the things that uh, I talked about last week in, in my sermon, just about surrender and how surrender seems like a sign of weakness. And um, I think that there is such incredible peace. It's something I said last week, but when you can surrender the things that you want, knowing that God is good, knowing that God will take care of you, and knowing that he has a plan for your life that is far richer than anything that you can plan for yourself. And so when you surrender your plans, you're surrendering to a good God. You're surrendering to someone who knows exactly what you need and will take you to the places that uh, he has designed for you to go from the beginning of time and make your life rich. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hill, where your blood was spilled, for my ransom. 
Everything I once held dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me. Lead me to the cross. You were as I, tempted and tried. Human, the Word became flesh for my sin and death. Now you're risen. Everything I once held dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to the cross, to your heart, to your heart. Father, we thank you for your wonderful will, your wonderful way, and all of the things that you have for us, Father. We pray that you would release those things in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. 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 So, hey. Oh, you're coming over here, too? I'm going to slip in here. All right. 
Hey, everyone. Hello. We're always just kind of real, right? You've noticed that about us. It's just kind of, oh, you're coming over? Oh, all right. Right? It's called <laughs> FaceTime. There's just not enough FaceTime. You're wanting more FaceTime? Yeah. You get the most FaceTime on Sunday mornings. You don't need any more FaceTime. Yeah, but I miss you guys. Well, they're seeing you. You're not seeing them. Have you not figured that one out yet? Call me. <laughs> Call me. That's silliness. Hey, everyone. Happy Sunday. We're here and uh, glad you are here. I, I can see that there's a number of you on Facebook. It's always wonderful to know that you're here and uh, worshiping with us. And we look forward to worshiping together. And by the way, if you want to join us on Sundays, uh, you certainly may. And uh, you'll find that the room is a little different. You can't see all the lighting and cameras and things that we're uh, working with. But you're still welcome to come here in person. Uh, now that we're at a 50-person um, maximum, I mean, but we have plenty of chairs for as many of you who would like to come in person. Just wear your masks, okay? Hey, okay, so some, uh, first of all, prayer requests. If you have some prayer requests this morning, please feel free to text them to me. The phone number, uh, you're just going to text them directly to my phone, 720-878-3323. And many of you have heard this before, but let me just say it in case there's any who aren't. If you'd like to put a prayer request in via Facebook, feel free to do so. There's a timing lag on Facebook, so if I don't see them in time, we'll pray for them later. Um, and I am, uh, uh, but if you, I was looking to see if that was a prayer request. Anyway, but if you text to my phone, supposedly it will get to me immediately. So we have a few minutes while we're making announcements before we pray together. So for our first announcement this morning, um, I want to tell you we've been having a good time on our Zoom study for the book Love Wins, and uh, you're still welcome to join us. We're going to be on chapter three. It's really an easy read book if you want to catch up or if you just want to join in on chapter three. Um, also, you can get it on Audible and then listen to it. I listen while I drive, and it's very enjoyable to listen to. Uh, Rob Bell is... Uh, reading his own book, and so it's really quite exciting to hear him and his tone of voice express the things that are important. And so uh, feel free to join us. It's not this coming Thursday, but it'll be the following Thursday. This Tuesday, we are restarting bingo. We thought we were restarting last Tuesday, but the snow snowed us out. So this Tuesday, February 2nd, the session starts at 7.30. Doors open at 5.30. Tell some family, tell some friends, come out and have some, get out of the house this uh, COVID house, right? <laughs> All the restrictions and come have some fun at bingo with us. And of course, we will be observing COVID precautions while we're all there. Now, this Thursday is the guys gathering. So all of you guys are welcome to join that. 7.30 p.m., it's by Zoom. And the Zoom link is on the Genesis website. So you can just go there, find the guys gathering, and then they start at 7.30. They've been having a great time just being guys. That's about as far as I can tell you about it. I just know they've been having a great time since I'm not allowed to be there. Do I say that every time I make this announcement? I'm getting a yes, I do. So anyway, but y'all have a great time this 
Thursday. Hey, I have an announcement, and Jeff, this is, there's no slide for this. Uh, I was talking to Mary Wright yesterday, and uh, hi, Mary, I know you're watching, and you'll be excited to hear this. And she's been praying uh, about Genesis and and have sensing that there might be some people listening to us who need food, help with food. First of all, if that's you, please contact us and let us know and let us find a way to help you along your path. Second of all, Mary, you're going to be excited about this. Before our church service started this morning, someone walked in the door here needing food. And uh, we were able to, St. John's has a food pantry here. And by the way, if you all would like to donate food to the food pantry, you can bring that over here to St. John's during the week and we'll get it into the food pantry. The food pantry is running low, but we were able to help this lady this just this morning with some food. And, um, and so, Mary, you were right on. And uh, again, if you're someone that's in need that way, or perhaps you need some gas money, something like that. Let us know and let us see how we can find a way to help you out. We, we don't want to see you, especially due to COVID or for any reason, um, be suffering if we can help. Okay, all right, moving on now. That brings us, I believe, and I'm going to get a drink of water, I believe that br brings us to uh, tithes and offerings and donations. And we want to thank you. For those of you who are faithfully giving, that is a true blessing to us. We uh, ask if any of you would like to consider giving and giving to the Lord through this ministry, through this work that is done here through Genesis, then you can go out to our website. There's a place there to donate. Or you can text right on your phone to 720-730-8510. 720-730-8510. Number one, for those of you that give, and then I'd like everybody to know, we have a number of people who don't even attend this church that give. Um, we have somebody that used to attend two decades ago that faithfully gives every month. We have somebody that's out of state that gives regularly every month, every week, I think, and um, sent, you know, a wonderful offering over Christmas. And um, to all of you that have been connected with us and connected with the Genesis Gathering and continue to bless and to give and to sow seed, I want to, as your pastor, and I, I consider myself to be your pastor, certainly a pastoral voice in your life, I, by faith, release blessing through the Lord Jesus Christ back to you on the seed that you have sown. Turn your expector on and let's together believe that your financial needs are met and that you have breakthrough in any area right now where it's being held back from you, right, where it's stuck. I, I, I declare breakthrough for you financially. Thank you for your wonderful giving. Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you. Well, I have received a couple of prayer requests, plus I came into this uh, with a couple, so um, let me tell you about them. Mary has asked us to pray for Graham to be found. He is her friend's 30-year-old son who left with only a coat on January 1st. They're doing another search party for him today. Wow. 
um, Barb Cameron. We prayed, uh, we sent out a text on Friday for their family friend, Manuel, who had a very um, intricate neck surgery, and the surgery was successful. We want to pray for continued healing. We prayed for Pastor Barb. Her foot is doing much better. We continue to pray for complete healing. And then Jim has a friend, Steve, who's dealing with diverticulitis, going to the hospital today. We want to pray for him. Um, I want to pray also for Deborah, who had a biopsy this past week, uh, and she's getting results this week. Um, I wanted to pray for finances and stress that... COVID and its many things, many emotional issues, financial issues, job issues, are the stress it's causing on marriages and families. And I might throw another prayer or two in there as we go. So if you will pray with me, and um, there's power as we come into agreement and, and pray together. So we... Stop and we turn our hearts to the Lord. You are, Lord, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Rescuer, our Savior. And we come to you with these needs, Father, for Jim's friend Steve, for Manuel's continued healing, for Barb's continued healing, for um, Graham, who needs to be found, for Deborah's biopsy and the issues concerning that and we thank you that you are their rescuer you are their healer you are their helper you are their very present help in time of need and we pray that Graham and his location would come to light quickly today Lord Jesus and we pray for the continued healing of each of these people who are needing healing by Jesus stripes your word tells us they have been healed. For those who are struggling financially um, for any reason, and especially due to COVID, if there are jobs that are needed, Father, we pray that those jobs would be found. Uh, the, the lady who came in today, she said, please pray for me. I said, we'll pray for you this morning. Her name is Serena. She needs a job. Five children. Um, and Father, we pray for your help and deliverance in her family, your provision, Father, something that's steady, something that will provide for them, Father God. We pray for those marriages who have become stressed under the pressures, especially all the emotional pressures of this past year. We pray that they would find hope and help, forgiveness and love and stability in their lives, Lord Jesus. Make a way, Lord where there is no way. You're so good at that. You're so good at miracles. You bring resurrection. Where there was death, you brought resurrection life. In all of these situations, Lord, we ask you and we speak resurrection life into each one of these situations. And then, Lord, I want to once again lift up our government and our country to you, Father. I am looking for, praying for, Father, uh, strife and division to some, I don't know how, but to end and for there to be civil discussions and, and uh, a, a civil way of handling life here in our country that we can be productive uh, no matter which side we're on or, or maybe you're on, no, people are on no side. It doesn't matter, but I pray, Father, for peace in our nation, for wisdom for our leaders 
no matter what side they're on, Lord, that they would have peace. They would have your wisdom and your direction and your guidance. And so together we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. And here comes Jeff with this morning's message. I always ask him, so what's your message going to be about? You want to know what his answer is? Jesus. That's his answer. What good does it do me to ask him? <laughs> Thanks, son. <laughs> That's true. That's what I do answer. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Genesis Gathering. Good morning, visitors. Good morning, those of you that may be just, you were surfing and stumbled across us on uh, Facebook. We, we greet you. Thank you for, for being with us. I began a series week before last called Voices. I hear voices. And this is going to be part two of that uh, time of sharing on the subject of hearing voices. I want to begin with a statement about sort of a 40,000 foot view, an overarching understanding that we need regarding why Jesus came. Jesus did not come to change God's mind about humanity. Jesus came to change humanity's mind about God. See, we've had so many wrong thoughts about God that we need to repent, which is what the word repent means, to change your mind, to put God, to put his way of thinking at the center of your thoughts. Repenting has nothing to do with emotion or feelings of guilt or shame or it has to do with a quality decision that I make to question and then to think differently about God. Many people see God as an angry God, a vengeful God, a God who destroys, who kills whole groups of people, including babies and children, wipe, wipes them out. And they, they do get that from, quote, scripture, but without an understanding of how to exegete and interpret scripture, especially Old Testament scripture, in the light of Christ, who came to reveal the Father, then we can come up with all sorts of wrong thinking about God. So please understand, Jesus did not come to change God's thinking about us. God wasn't mad at us. God is not mad at us. Uh, God wasn't set on punishing us. He doesn't have an afterlife of punishment for everybody who doesn't make it or doesn't believe it or whatever. God loves us. And what he does in the person of Jesus is gives us the ability to think differently about him. Jesus came to change our mind about God. Our text for this message is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. Would you join me? Grab your Bibles. Luke's Gospel and chapter 9. I'm going to begin reading in verse 28. 
About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see. And they were speaking about his exodus from the world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. Verse 32. Peter and the others had fallen asleep. Imagine that, falling asleep. During a prayer meeting where Jesus is praying and worshiping the Father and then this transfiguration begins to happen. I mean, this wasn't just a dream these guys were, were, were having. This was a literal heaven-sent transfiguration of the bodies and supernaturally Moses and Elijah appear and begin having a dialogue and a conversation with Jesus. Imagine sleeping through that, but they must have been tired. Peter and the others had fallen asleep and when they woke up they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters or tabernacles as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. And then, watch this, a voice came out of the cloud. Say it with me. I hear voices. <laughs> Say it. I hear voices. Did you know it's biblical to hear voices? The right kind of voices. People hear voices all the time. It might not be this kind of voice. And that's why we're having this time of sharing in the word of God. Is to just give some discernment about the voices that we hear. And how to know and understand when God is speaking to us, but watch this now. Then a voice came out of the cloud and he said, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. And I want to tell you something. When you hear the voice of God, Jesus will be standing there alone. It won't be murky. It won't be mixed in with a bunch of other compromising voices or ideas. When you hear God's voice, Jesus takes front and center. He's there. It's very powerful. It's very clear. And you will know. Now, this whole thing about this transfiguration takes place with an announcement in verse 27 regarding the individuals that were standing there and listening to Jesus. He was in a meeting, he was performing miracles, and it was sort of the afterglow, and, and uh, there's a conversation going on, and he points to a bunch of individuals standing there, and he says, you know what? There's a number of you standing here right now with me who are not going to die before you see the kingdom of God come. Six days later, this takes place. Jesus grabs Peter, James, and John, and he takes them up to a mountain. Up there on that mountain, they have an experience. 
First of all, we're told that they're very sleepy, and so they're sleeping during the start of it. And then they wake up from that. I don't know what kind of commotion there was or whether, whether it was the brightness of the light or just what. But they woke to find two men talking with Jesus. And the scripture says that it was Moses and Elijah. Now, I'm not sure if they knew that right at that moment. How would they have known? They'd never seen Moses, never seen Elijah, maybe depictions of them, I'm not sure. But I'm just assuming that Jesus told them afterwards who they were, and then it got written down. But supernaturally, these two men, Moses, a prophet, and obviously the one who started, led the nation of Israel out of bondage and gave the Ten Commandments and so on and so forth. I mean, Moses, <laughs> Moses is standing there communicating with Jesus and Elijah I mean like head of the prophet senior prophet right so you've got the lawgiver and you've got the prophetic you've got the man who started the law the mosaic law and all the code and rituals and all of that you have that man and then you have the guy who led the prophetic voice of God in the earth especially during his time nobody was greater than Ezekiel or excuse me, Elijah. And there's something going on so strong with the presence of God that in the glory of that, their vestments are turning completely white. It's like their hair is on fire with a, a white, bright light. And they're shining, their clothes are shining, and they're just having a conversation. What are they talking about? They're talking about Jesus's getting ready to go up to Jerusalem for a final time and then leave. Peter, impetuous Peter, we know Peter's impetuous from a number of different things and stories about him throughout the Gospels not the least of which is jumping out of a boat, thinking he could walk on water. I mean, Jesus did bid him to come. <laughs> and I guess if Jesus said, well, come here, and you were out in a fishing boat on a lake, I don't know, you might think twice about it. Peter just jumped out of the boat and went. And he successfully was walking on water. There's a number of things. He chopped off somebody's ear. Uh, when, when they came to get Jesus out of the garden where he was praying right before his death, right before being taken to Pilate and so forth, they were grabbing Jesus, the soldiers, and Peter grabbed a sword and chopped off one of the soldiers' ears. Some interesting stuff. He was impetuous. He, he was strong. He was opinionated. He was... And he blurts out all of a sudden, let's build some tabernacles. Jesus, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, everybody there understood exactly what that was about because there was a feast upcoming in another week or two that had to do, it was called the Feast of Tab Tabernacles, where they would build out of tree limbs and leaves and branches and so forth, they would build huts, little tents to dwell in. This was common in that day, common in that time where especially when they were traveling so that they could uh, catch some shade and rest and relax they'd build a little tabernacle a little hut it was also a courtesy thing it was also a thing of honor where if a, a hut was to be built for you well then 
you could, uh, you could rest for a while, and that's what was being suggested. I'm, I'm fascinated by a couple of things here. First of all, why did Jesus grab these three and only these three to take them up to the mountain? It's curious. Why not all 12 of the disciples? Why just these three? And secondly, for sort of a private meeting with these guys, I mean, I don't know if Jesus already knew that that was going to happen during this time of prayer or not. They have this supernatural event, this visitation. Was Jesus wanting to teach them how to pray? Was Jesus wanting to impress them with his, his glory? Was there something, was he, was he like reestablishing the foundation of the Mosaic law and the prophetic? I don't think it had to do really with any of those things. I think really it had to do with the two comments. Number one, that these guys were talking about Jesus' leaving. And number two, in the previous, verse 27, we didn't read it, but it sets this up. There are people among you, Jesus said, standing here right now. You're not going to die before you see my kingdom come in glory. It happened here. Jesus demonstrated his kingdom for these three who could then take it and begin to share it with the rest, although he charged them not to speak of it until later. Now, in this setting, there's a cloud that moves over. At about the same time, impetuous Peter is suggesting that they build some tabernacles. And it's interesting what the, what the voice says out of the cloud. This voice comes and says, Listen, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. I find that as a direct contrast between Peter's desire to build huts to rest in, to build a memorial, to build a tabernacle for the three of them where they could all tabernacle there in the glory and the real reason for Jesus taking them up there in the first place which was to give them a demonstration of his presence and to let them know that presence or the kingdom of God is God's presence in manifestation in our circumstances that is God's kingdom in, in, in my experience with God's presence, God's glory, wonderful things that have happened, I've had any number of them. And it's always resulted in we, me wanting to build a memorial so that we could worship, so that we could give glory. Uh, I had a desire to build a tent. I, I remember, and honey, you might, you'll remember the service, in, uh, maybe not the particular of this, but we were in a service a couple of decades ago with a gentleman, a fellow pastor, who during the service went up to the piano and began to play. And I mean, it was just towards the end of the service, the Holy Spirit had fallen, tremendous things were going on. And uh, 
this pastor went up and began to play. Well, I, I mean, it just... It took our breath away. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit was so present. And he was playing on the keyboards and people were just laying around the room in the power of God. People were being healed and touched. And I remember pulling up to the altar and just sitting down on the floor, leaning on the altar, listening and watching. After that meeting was over, I so wanted to duplicate that. (laughs) I wanted to duplicate that experience in every service. Man, whenever possible, I tried to get that same pastor to be in a service playing the keyboards. I I, I tried to recreate the feeling of it and things that were being said and preached. And you know what? It was never created. It never happened again just like that. I, rem- I remember another time where my pastor was preaching in a, in a convention that we were all at. And he was preaching on Ephesians chapter 5, talking about the, what we call the five-fold ministry gift. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Five different offices of ministry. And as God is my witness, that, uh, he, he had the, the primary session, the preliminary session each day at, at noon for an hour and a half. That was the session where everybody came out of their workshops, got together, one big session, and he preached. And each day he took a different one of those office gifts, starting with apostle, then prophet. Then Each day he became that gift as he was preaching. The day he preached about the apostle's office, he was like an apostle. The day he preached about the prophet's office, he was a prophet. That it was just the, uh, you know. I was so enamored with that. I was so, oh, the glory of that was so great. It was so precious. It was like Peter seeing the glory of Jesus and Moses and Elijah talking to him. And, and he says, oh man, it is good for us to be here Let's, let's, let's hold on to this. Let's, let's build a tent. Let's, let's build a little tabernacle where we can contain this and do it over and over and over. We want to stick it in a jar so we can unleash it whenever we want to. I remember that feeling so much. I tried to preach like my pastor. I, tried to, I did a series on those five gifts and I went over his tapes and over how he said things and I tried to preach it that way. You know what? didn't come off that way at all. I never became an apostle. I never became a prophet. It just didn't work. <laughs> but I tried, man. I wanted to build that tent. I wanted to build a tent. I wanted to contain that glory and have it and reproduce it. Have you ever done that? I remember one time the Spirit of God was moving and there's a great healing anointing in the service. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, sweetheart, you might remember this as well, and uh, said, call everybody forward that has back problems. So I said, all right, everybody that's having back problems, regardless of wearing your back, I want you all to come forward. And then I felt like I heard God say, I want you to have them all lay down on the floor on their stomachs like sardines. So I did. I had them all lay down on their stomachs like a can of sardines. 
And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, run across their backs. Run on top of them. Run across their backs. So I did. They all got healed. Every one of them testified that whatever they came up with, it was gone. Whatever they came up with, they were healed. Wouldn't you like to stick that in a jar? Wouldn't you like to be able to reproduce that? Not that. <laughs> All right, listen to me. Wouldn't you love to be able to take some of these glorious experiences, put them in a can, pop the lid whenever you want to pull that kind of thing out and have that glorious experience? That's exactly what was happening with Peter, James, and John. That's exactly what impetuous Peter had stepped forward and said, oh, and the scripture says he didn't even know what he was saying. I want, I want to have that glory. I want to contain that healing anointing. I want to see that again. And I can't, I can't tell you how many people have been in my circle of influence, friends, enemies, <laughs> fellow pastors, who have tried to do just that with God's voice, God's glory, God's anointing, God's healing power, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, thinking because they see it in somebody's life, they witness it in a service, that they're, they're just going to go home and they're going to reproduce that in their church. They're going to pop the lid on it and, and they're going to have that just because they want to have that. And all of a sudden, this cloud comes. And this voice comes. This is Jesus. He's my son. Listen to him. I don't care what your doctrine, what your pet theology, what your particular experience in the supernatural, how you've been healed, whether or not you've been knocked out and laid on the floor and spread out and you want to reproduce, you want to grab that, that has nothing to do with true spiritual maturity or a close intimacy with the Father. Here's what does. The voice of Jesus. And that is something we can focus on we can count on, we can rely on. It is every day. He does speak to us personally. Let me tell you a couple of things that have become tabernacles in my experience that I believe God wants us to question and really think about. God's being a judgmental God that's angry, who in the end is going to cast all unbelievers into hell. I begin to question that scenario after reading a book by Gregory Boyd, write it down, Gregory Boyd called Repenting of Religion. He helped me to understand that that knowledge of the tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, was exactly the place where Adam fell. It wasn't so much the sin of disobedience, 
It was the sin of not believing that they were already complete in what God had created them to be. And the serpent lied to them and said, if you'll take of this tree, you'll become like God, knowing good from evil, which was never God's intent for us to operate in that principle, that level of authority and knowledge. And so man started living out of a judgmentalism of what is good, what is evil, who's in, who's out. Are they part of our group or are they not part of our group? Who's saved, who's not? Who's going to heaven, who's going to hell? Is your skirt long enough or not? Is your hair the right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. 1 Corinthians chapter five, uh, 15, verse 22. As in Adam all died, so in Christ all shall be made alive. Wow. That really takes away from that tent, that tabernacle of judgmentalism. Because God's already through Christ determined the outcome of humanity and said, I'm going to reconcile them to myself. In Adam they all died, but in Christ they're all made alive. He does away with the we and they tabernacle. How's he do that? Well, see, we have to tell and convince everyone outside that they're outside and that if they'll do this, they can be inside like we're inside. See, we, we, we call that evangelism. God says, I'm not going to have that tabernacle in my kingdom. <laughs> I'm going to reconcile all of humanity to myself. See, there's a difference between what God says and what we say God says. And I'll never forget sitting in a meeting with Andy Stanley. Andy was on the dais. He was speaking. We were doing a workshop. There were probably 50, 60 pastors. And Andy Stanley's no newbie. Andy Stanley, my goodness, what a voice, what a champion of scripture, what a, what a champion of the conservative, evangelical doctrine and belief, what a great church down in Georgia. His father, Charles Stanley, has been the foundation of television ministry built on evangelical ideas of the gospel and how you get saved and coming to Christ and repenting of your sin and turning to God. I'm sitting there in front of Andy Stanley and I've got my tabernacles of theology and belief. And Andy Stanley makes this statement. The Bible is not the foundation of your faith. <laughs> and he paused just like that. I about came off my seat. I did sit up on the edge of my seat because I knew there was more coming. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. What did you just say? He had everybody's attention. You could hear a pin drop in that place. But he said it. 
The Bible is not the foundation of your faith. And then he said, an event is Jesus on the cross. I mean, I had built such a theology around God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. (laughs) I used to preach because I heard some famous word of faith teacher say it. God puts his word above his own name. And here was Andy Stanley saying that the Bible is not the foundation of my faith. Couldn't believe it. Changed my life. I don't care what movement you're involved in. I don't care what outpouring or revival you've been part of. How many people you've seen fall to the ground. How many people you've laid hands on that have gotten healed. I don't care if you speak in tongues or have all nine gifts of the Spirit and have operated in seven of the nine. Nobody's perfect except Jesus. Anything that takes the place of the centrality of Jesus Christ and his voice, God's going to send a cloud. And he's going to get your attention in the best way that he knows how, the most loving way that he knows how. This is my son. Not a healing, not a service, not an organ, not a piano, not a favorite scripture, not a favorite doctrine, not a theological treatise, not a particular denomination and their belief system and what they require for you to be saved or to be in or to get in, but Jesus Christ. Why was it Moses and Elijah? Because Moses represents the law code. Elijah represents the prophetic And as important as those two things are in the life of a Christian and in our experience of Scripture, both of them point towards Jesus. The reason that transfiguration happened was not for Jesus to show off, was not for him to establish an elite group of disciples, Peter, James, and John, The rest of the 12 don't don't get the heavy revelation. I've heard people preach that. The inner circle, you know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (sighs) He said it was so that he could demonstrate the kingdom of God. And when the voice finished speaking, Jesus was standing there alone. Listen to Jesus. The first thing they saw after the voice stopped, the first thing they saw after all the supernatural stopped, the voice stopped, Moses and Elijah were gone, the white glory was gone, they saw Jesus. And here's the key standard the foundational standard for interpreting anything from the Bible. 
God looks like Jesus. God has always looked like Jesus. There's never been a time where God didn't look like Jesus. We haven't always known it, but now we do. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. And now the Apostle Paul teaches us we have become God's tabernacle. Now, that's not just the favorite few. That's not the three elect that get to see, you know. It, it, it's not a certain group of Christians. It's not the Pentecostals or the Charismatic versus the Baptists and the Presbyterians, all right? It's not those who are specially anointed or have had hands laid on them in a particular way or by a particular group or by a particular hotshot or pastor. He's talking about humanity. He's raised us all up. We are all his. And we have all received the Holy Spirit. Now, in just a few minutes... I'm going to give you a link to a song. And I'm going to want you to write this link down because I want you to go out, I want you to bring up your browser, browse to this link, and go there and play the song. Don't show the link yet, Jeff, please. But in just a minute, I am going to give you the link. Now, this song that... I'm going to play. Now, I, I can't play it here because it will be taken down. It, it's copyrighted. But you can go out to the link and listen to it, and I'm going to give you the time to do that. Locally here, or if you just keep watching, maybe you're on a device, you, you can't go out to this website, not this website, but you can't follow the link out to this song, or you don't want to. You just want to sit and worship. We're going to be playing a great, great song for the next five minutes for you to listen to. But I'm encouraging you to go out instead, not, not just listen to the song we're going to play, but go to this link and listen to this song. I'm going to give you some quick background. I'm driving down the street in my car. My daughter had sent me a text a little bit earlier. I think actually it was a couple of hours earlier. And I just hadn't read it yet. So I get my phone and I'm reading her text in my car. But uh, actually, what I could see in her text was that it, was, it had a video attached to it. This is what caught my attention in particular. So uh, she doesn't do things like that. I mean, she had, once in a blue moon will she send me a picture or, or a video, and I can't remember when she sent me a video last. And uh, here's this text message with a, a video embedded. And so I hook up my, my uh, phone to... Apple Play in the car so that I can listen to this video. And I begin to weep. I begin to weep. As I recall so many different things that this song is talking about that I have walked through, that I have tabernacled and, and built tents to and, and built structures to, trying to memorialize and, and think that's the voice of God. That, that surely that's where God's blessing is. All to have it crumble. I want to read you the first two verses and the chorus. It's not a worship song, but the stanza, and then I'm going to give you the link so you can go out and listen to it. 
and then we'll come back and we'll pray. Every time I tried to make it on my own, every time I tried to stand and start to fall, all those lonely roads that I have traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends that I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but now I can. There was Jesus. Listen to the chorus. I'm going over here. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in broken pieces, every minute, every moment of where I had been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. Whatever you are going through at this time in your life, brokenness, hurt, pain, financial difficulty, or great glory, lots of wonderful things happening. Everything's clicking on all eight cylinders, right? All six cylinders. It's working for you. Great time. Don't build a memorial to it. You know where Jesus is? Jesus is with you in that pain. Jesus is with you right now when nothing seems to be going right. That's his voice. That's his presence. I'll come back and finish with a prayer. Here's the link. Now, take that link, and really, it's, it's just the tiny URL slash and those several characters. Put that in your, the URL field of your browser right now. You don't even need the HTTP stuff, okay? Tiny URL forward slash and those characters right now. It'll take you to this song. This song is by... Zach Williams and Dolly Parton, and it's called There Was Jesus. Jeff, if we could. Thank you. 
Let's pray. About a month ago, God gave me three prayers. I say God gave it to me. I didn't hear an audible voice. There was no cloud. I didn't offer to build a tabernacle either. But I did feel like these were really important prayers for us to sort of latch on and share amongst ourselves. And so I've sent out a PDF of them, and it's available to you as well. Text me. Let me know you'd like these prayers. You can text Nina at the number that she's given out, or you can use mine, which is 720-878-8899. And I'll send you these prayers. We're going to put them up on the screen for you now, all right? Prayer number one. Pray it right out loud with me. Come on, as we close our service. The word is an encounter. We ask you for regular encounters which challenge us to see differently as you see and not as ones bound up by religious teachings, evangelical dogma, fear, guilt, or any other compromise. Prayer number two. Let's pray it together. Come on, join me. Make us less certain about the things of which we are certain and more open to the possibilities that we do not yet see. And prayer number three. Together, cause us to understand that when you said you'd never leave us, you meant it. So we declare in faith that 2021 will be a year of breakthrough in awareness. Awareness of your presence, awareness of your power, awareness of your provision, and awareness of your love. I hope that you copied that link down. And if you didn't have a chance to go out during our little break here... Our, our media break, that you will. Listen to that song by Zach Williams. So powerful. It, 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 it's about not building tabernacles to uh, expectations and realizing God's actually with us in even our pain, even our brokenness, even right now what you're going through. The voice of Jesus is there. And when you hear that voice, when it's truly God's voice, the only thing that will be left is Jesus standing there. God looks like Jesus. This Thursday night at 7.30, we're going to have a guys gathering around a lot of these same principles. We just gather of guys. We let the thing that just seems to work for us drift to the top as we uh, talk about uh, things that guys want to talk about and, and it's only an hour and we're very succinct with that we start at 7.30 we end at 8.30 if you don't have the link for that guys gathering go out to the website or text me at 720-878-8899 and uh, I'll send you personally I'll send you the link so that you can join us for the guys gathering. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us here today. God bless you. Have a tremendous rest of your weekend.